Hello and welcome back to Novelty. Today's episode, I talk about Ends of Us by Colin Hoover with my two friends Ali and Salma. When I recommended this book, I thought it would be well loved because I originally liked the book when I first read it. It's the first book I read with these sort of themes, so I thought people who read it would be wowed by it, but Ali disliked it and Salma loved it. And here I just talk about their two points of view. FYI, trigger warning for subject content containing domestic abuse and rape. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast and today I'm going to speak about Ends of Us by Conan Hoover with two friends, one stunning Somali called Salma and one special super Sudanese person called Alia. So Alia, you go first, you introduce yourself. Okay, hi my name is Alia. The book um, I read about three weeks ago. Did I enjoy it? Not particularly. I mean, I enjoyed it when I was reading it. Like, it was, like, something that I really wanted to finish. But I didn't particularly like it. Yeah. Okay. And then, Salma, you introduce yourself and your opinions on the book. Uh, hi, my name is Salma. Um, with the book, um, I read it, what, a year ago after yeah. you recommended it. I, I actually loved it. Like, I still recommend it to anyone um, that wants a book. I feel like it's, it shows you, like, an insight into like how easy it is to go into like a violent relationship yeah so i agree like both of your comments when i spoke to you separately about the book essentially this is a way to get two sides Mm -hmm. of the same coin about an opinion about this book generally it's quite loved on goodreads it has like 4.4 average rating but i can see that some people who definitely dislike it such as you alia yeah and anyway before we start i have a random question where we get you guys to know each other better and deeper right and the question is what is something you pretend to understand, but you actually don't? Okay, the economy. <laughs> the entire economy. Yeah, I, I, I don't even, I'm not gonna lie, I don't even pretend to understand what it is, but. What yeah. do you mean, like, um, it's like crypto stuff? I know, like, like, stocks. As in, like, what does it mean when the economy's boosting? Like, I don't understand, like, I don't, I don't understand anything to do with, like, business, like, mm. banks, interests, that sort of, that sort of thing. I mm. don't understand it. Okay, same myself you know when you're playing iMessage games right mm. I don't understand that game at all so like, the halfway- snooker one yeah I'll halfway through the game they'll be like do you, do you know how to play I'll be like yeah I know how to play and I'll lose every single you time you just put your balls in the hole I didn't yeah. know I didn't know there was like a particular one you had to shoot for but it, it doesn't allow you to shoot on anything but your ball. <laughs> no, it no, it does. does. No, no, it does. No, no, it doesn't. No, I don't know how to play. Know. Yeah. I don't know how to play. What is your summer? Leave me alone. I'd say, you know, I'm shit at geography. I just don't understand geography at all. Ge- geography like locations or geography like um, rivers and stuff like that? Everything. Even location, I'm shit at. Don't ask me, like, don't show me a flag and ask me where that is. Oh, yeah. or like the locations and stuff. Mm. I can't deny, I didn't know that Sudan was in East Africa. I just thought. That's very embarrassing. Your behalf. Wait, where do you think it was? I don't know. Anywhere else? Not not west. I knew it wasn't west. I, I kind of know west. You thought it was central. And central, yeah, central, north. Oh, that's good. That you thought it was in Africa, know. though. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know. No, no, I've had people doing bit telling me it's in Middle East. Oh, well, I know. All right. So to begin, I'm going to read the good read description of the book, mm-hmm. so we have like an idea about what was sold to the people before they read the book then afterward I want you guys to like take control and like describe the events in the book in your opinion okay this is a good description 
Sometimes it's the one who loves you who hurts you the most. Lily hasn't always had it easy. That's never stopped her from working hard for the life she wants. She's come a long way from a small town in Maine where she grew up. She graduated from college, moved to Boston and started her own business. So when she filled a spark with gorgeous neurosurgeon named Brow Kincaid, everything in Lily's life suddenly seems almost too good to be true. He's assertive, sudden, maybe even a little arrogant. He's also sensitive, brilliant and has a total soft spot for Lily. And the way he looks and scrubs certainly doesn't hurt. Lily can't get him out of her head, but Rao's complete aversion to relationship is disturbing, even as Lily finds herself becoming the exception to his no-dating rule. She can't help but wonder what made him that way in the first place. As questions about her new relationship overwhelm her, so do thoughts of Atlas Corrigan, her first love and a link to the past she left behind. He was her kindred spirit, her protector. When Atlas suddenly reappears, everything Lily has built with Rao is threatened. How do you feel about that description? I personally think it's very inaccurate. I mean, inaccurate because I don't. I never really saw it as a love triangle. I can't deny it was mainly the saga of Lily getting abused, and then her finding ways to sort of escape that. And reading that was what made me like the book in the first place because it was more of a shock. It blindsided me in what it had in the book. Yeah, I feel like that's most of Colleen Hoover books. I feel like she's, she's just so shit at descriptions, yeah. and I feel like with all her books, you just have to go in blind. Yeah, and true. just hope for the best. Yeah. Like Verity, like other books that she has. Even like yeah. Layla, like I just yeah. don't see reading her description. Like it doesn't help that all. Yeah, true. That's very true. I look at the reviews first, so you know it's good. Mm-hmm. And then I won't look at the spoiler one, but I look at the pictures, see how they reacted, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to read that book. But besides that, let me let you guys describe what happens in the book. I mean, at the beginning, um, it's sort of like with um what's her name again with Colin Hoover she has this thing where she goes from like the past to the present mm-hmm. like she skips a lot and then um we sort of see how she is now and we introduce like I think she, um we're talking about the funeral first yeah so Lily yeah who is the protagonist first first as a reader we meet Ryle and they're yeah. on like a rooftop mm-hmm. and that is just after Lily has come back from her father's funeral and they have this like intense, weird fever dream sort of conversation on the rooftop. And I believe that's when we, we reveal that Lily's father was abusive. And she says that when I was asked by my mother to go to the podium and give a speech about five good things about my father, I stood there in silence because there was nothing good I could say about him. Right? Yeah. And then from there, we have like um, this thing that they call like naked truths, where they like reveal like the darkest secrets that they have, even though Ra doesn't, you know, reveal his own darkest secret. And then from there, what happens, Sama? And then from there, I think um, we skip like six months, and then mm-hmm. she's like reading like this diary that she wrote to Ellen, and yeah. then she's just saying like recounting like all all the things that was happening at the time, and her falling in love with Atlas, even though he was homeless. How her dad abused her, um, abused her mum, mm-hmm. and I think one of her naked truths was like, she, um, sometimes she like liked it when her dad abused her mum, because then her dad would sort of like help her, would sort of be nice to her and buy her stuff for two weeks straight. He started being abusive before, or after we meet Atlas again. I think it was it's before because when they first meet Atlas again, Atlas noticed that she has a bruise or like some sort of bandage on her arm. arm. Yeah. Right. And basically, we skip forward the six months because at their initial meeting, they separate because I don't know why they well, separate, was, but they separate, right? Yeah, because um, I think they were going to have sex right then, but then he had like a call. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he had to go to his shift. 
Yeah. And then they separate six months later. Lily has like a business. She meets his sister, Alyssa. And then from Alyssa, who is um, Ryle's sister, you see Ryle again. And Ryle basically begs her, begs her, like, can we clock, please? Can we please? <laughs> I, I, I just want it. And then, the, and then they get into a relationship. And then he becomes abusive. Yeah. And I thought like the abuse was so slow. Like, if, if it was first, like, a little yeah. shove, you know? Yeah. It was a shove first. And then she was like, she still forgave him, mm-hmm. which is understandable, I think. And then afterwards was when it got a bit deeper. Mm-hmm. I think the second one was, oh, he pushed her down the stairs. Mm. But then I deeped he was crazy when, like, he tried to make it, he tried to tell her that he didn't push her down the stairs. Yeah, like, gas- gaslit her. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt like that's when you realise he's crazy in the head. Mm. I think with abuse, that sort of story about it always started so slowly because, like, the abuser needs to have you under their control mm-hmm. and to be able to put you in a sense where you don't believe yourself. Like, it has to be built up so gradually that, that the victim doesn't, like, actually understand what's going on you're basically blind signing them so him just doing a little push in the beginning and then going on to other things and like also at the same time telling you telling lily how much like he loves her and how much he means to her and like doing all these massive things for um for her like in her brain that probably programs her to be like that's okay then and that's that's the most like vindictive thing i think is when like you think someone's really really innocent and that whole thing happens just like they were dick from the the beginning Mm -hmm because it's all like on purpose it's like it's never an accident really yeah even um like because you know i read it like the first time i thought oh my god he's just human like you know all make mistakes whatever yeah. I, I felt like she really made him seem like he was a sweet guy that she did a few mistakes yeah yeah but then the second time i was reading it if you deep it he'd say things like um after the second time i think she knew like i need to leave and um, after he pushed her down the stairs and then he would say things that like, he would tell her the backstory and then be like it was me um mm that sort of um, ended up shooting my brother by accident and then he was like um what's called help me like you can't leave me sort of thing like, yeah making her seem like if she leaves she's a bad person yeah. or sort of making him seem like he's the victim mm. and then the third time which was the maddest one he was like um he told her he gave her the key and was like i know you need time she doesn't need time you need to leave mm. yeah that's the sort yeah. of thing where like guys have this thing where they think that they, they can tell you like how to get better yeah like they have they have this thing where they're like oh okay cool i've hurt you and this is how you're gonna get better so you can get back with me yeah that sort of thing where they, they literally like that is like they have such massive ego to be able to do that to be like okay i've hurt you and i'm gonna help you get over me so we can get back together so yeah that, i think that's what he did um and the whole brother shooting thing like it's crazy how many times like a guy would just will say it's like a massive sob story or something like that like making it like and saying like oh yeah that's fine or you know making it seem as if like they're really hurting but that is such an, that's like it's such an emotional like abusive thing to do yeah because you're literally trapping someone in a position where you're making them you're feeding on the fact that they have empathy and it's such a cool thing to do like if if he really did i'm not sure he, he loved lily but if he really did like at least want her to become better he would not have said that in yeah. my opinion yeah i think even the mum spoke about it when she went to her mum about it and told her what happened um, her mum said that if he like really loved you, he would leave you because he wouldn't even want you to be hurt. Yeah, hundred percent. And if a guy, right, is abusive, and in my opinion, I think that abuse is a thing where like you, I'm not sure about like if it's to do with like you you control like obviously you can not be abusive, 
But it's that thing where, like, if you know that you're an abusive person, just don't get in a relationship. You mm-hmm. have to work on yourself first. You need to go see someone about it. There needs to be a thing where you understand you're abusive and know that's that's the wrong thing to be. Like, I can't sympathise with people that are abusive and then, like, get in a relationship like, oh, but I love them. But this, no, if you really do love them, then you need to focus on yourself and get better. Yeah. And I feel like that's the irony of him being a doctor as well. Mm. And the fact oh, that yeah. he's even, like, a neurosurgeon and, like, you know, what's fucked up is his brain. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's just the irony yeah, of it. And exactly. I feel like if, as a doctor, like, you know how um, people go to doctors for help yeah. mm. and they sort of, like, advise people to come to them? I feel like he, he himself should know that he needs help. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I think one question I can ask is that do you think Raya was humanised too much in this book then? I was just going to say, like, you know that video you sent me? I feel like she, like, with Colleen Hoover, I feel like she, um, she was just showing, like, one aspect yeah. of, like, someone not being as bad mm. as, and, like, a human being or not being as, um, what's it called again, like, as crazy or as mental. But then if you reread it again, you keep that he was crazy. Yeah. And I feel like she didn't humanise him that much. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah. For context, I sent Salma and Alia a video of this thing that happens in the US in Los Angeles. Is that if you're convicted of um, domestic abuse or being an abuser, it's mandatory to go to a 52-week program where you have therapy discussing your abuse, why you did it, and how to improve and how to you know repair your anger. And one thing that was really notable in this video is the lack of remorse, or maybe there is remorse, but there's something about the way that they talk about their abuse that seemed like they removed themselves so much about the harm that they you know impose on people so an example is one of them he said so i've been to this session three times so he's been there for like three years and what happens is that he says um i didn't actually hit her i threw like a remote like at the wall and then the batteries came out and the batteries hit her he literally physically in the way that he's told that story removed himself so much from the violence and I guess you can sort of like see that mimics in Rao, but something that I noted is that there was no consequence for Rao. Mm. Like he came out and Lily didn't do anything essentially in terms of the consequences. Like at the very end, because she does end up pregnant and she then does separate from Rao for a bit. But at the very end, Rao still has some parental rights and Rao is still involved in the care of his daughter. And I realised that's that thing that I didn't really... I didn't notice at first when I read it, when I read it for the very first time, because I didn't really see how she could rationalise her daughter being around him. Yeah, I can't deny it. I think she yeah. even mentioned it, though. Like, yeah. she um, asked him, like, um, I don't even feel safe like, with my child um, being around you. So yeah. maybe, like, Kareem Hoover could have done, like, you know, a more longer epilogue to sort of show... Um, like them raising a child together yeah potentially sort of show the dynamics I think why in that video you'll see you're talking about I think the reason why abusers tend to like distance themselves from the consequences because if they realise that they've done something wrong then they can be held accountable for it but if they just deny and deny and deny like no one can say like the whole battery thing yeah it wasn't me though when you detach yourself so far from it it's not your fault then and you can't be like corrected so I think that's what a lot of people do and even yeah like it's so frustrating like I think for someone to be abused right that's like an everyday challenge right your entire like trust or your like every single one of your perceptions has been shifted right you can't trust you can't trust people you can't trust men you don't feel safe like 
there are so many consequences of like a man just being like abusive to a woman and at the end of the day what happens to Raul Raul can literally he's got his job he loves his job whatever can go on to have another girlfriend wife whatever yeah. partner um, can what's it called see his kid maybe like I don't know every weekend or something mm. like it seems like everything's a bit too easy yeah. maybe like is, is that why like abuse rates are, like people just can get away with it it's so normalised and even like with the whole normalising business it only gets sort of like problematic and I said inverted commas but only problematic once like there's physical abuse yeah. like up until emotional abuse it's like oh that's toxic oh that's this those that's that you know you gotta be with people with their highs and lows but it's only when like a physical life, and even then people make excuses for it so it's so twisted and I think I think the, the comment you made earlier about him being humanised I hope that it was done on purpose but um, I think because like often they are people like that like mm. you envision in your brain you know an abuser to be like a horrible person you can smile them out from a mile away but usually it is people that you're actually quite close to and you, you would never expect it from them mm. yeah. that being said did you read the author's note again about what informed her reason to write this book yeah I think it was her own experience yeah. um, with her dad and the fact that she um, like at them as like a dad and um, daughter relationship it was calm but she still hated him because of those little moments when he'd get drunk or like um, be abusive to her mum mm. which is interesting because I sort of agree like if you deep it with like Lily's um, Lily's mum Lily only pretty much hated her dad because of what he did to her mum yeah. It wasn't him as like a person or him do, um, doing things to her specifically. I think that probably informed her decision to humanise Ralph so much as sort of like personification of her experiences in the past. It's a human who did this and actually has good parts and bad parts. Mm-hmm. But one thing I wrote down, right, to speak about is one thing that you mentioned when we were speaking about the book like on the phone and you said something about the internalised male gaze of this book. That for me was like a massive like yeah. Explain it first. What do you mean by that? Okay, so with the whole internalized male gaze, it's like the whole thing about like book was like viewed like by a man in a sense where like I felt like Lily didn't have her own character. Yeah. Like she, I think she, I thought she was so two D when it wasn't around like another man, mm. and even when it was to do with like abuse, like her dad, and even like her mum. We don't even know her mum unless it's to do with her dad. And even like her, like it's, it's, it's very much that sort of thing where like, yeah, we get to know what's in her brain when it comes to like various things, but does she have her own, could there be a book just about Lily? I don't think so, there's not even yeah. enough to go by. And it's just like, how do other men influence her and what does she think about that? I don't yeah. really like that. Cause that, that just made me feel, feel as if like, like a woman just needs a man somehow. Like even though she, even though it wasn't like, oh, she needed a man at all times, but it just felt like she was so 2D, so 2D without a man. Yeah. I think it was just the way it was written. Like, um, by the time she left Lyles, it was like perfectly like in sequence with Atlas walking yeah. her yeah. way. Or um, when the restaurant part, I feel like it was t- like too many coincidences. Yeah, and I think at some point it was too cliche as well. Mm. Like that's another thing I didn't really like about it. And I, I think I spoke about it with you on the phone as well. I said like, I don't know whether she wanted it to be really accessible in a sense where like a lot of people can, you know, actually understand the book and get it mm. and understand what the ba- like basic terms of abuse is and stuff like that, like abusive relationships. Or I don't know whether it's that sort of like, have, have you guys, do you guys understand like the criticism, you know Milk and Honey? 
the poetry book. Yeah, by Rupi Kaur. Yeah, yeah. By Rupi Kaur. Yeah. So basically, like, she got like great books sold out, like number one in some countries, right? But there's a lot of criticism about her books, saying they were too, in a sense, like too easy to understand, and they did a disservice yeah. to people that actually experienced those. Um, uh, what's it called? Like, experienced those emotions because it was just like it was too accessible and like everyone could understand it mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah. and do you kind think of... that maybe that isn't necessarily a bad thing is it necessarily a bad thing if the story is just a story about abuse and not necessarily about Lily because then the fact that it's accessible can you know open, literally open the gates and create access to people who aren't necessarily going to you know open a book and read about yeah, abuse I... who have like past experiences or past opinions about how people who have been people who have been abused should act so they read this book and like oh so this is another story this is another perspective and i think was rupee's um book informed by real life experience or is it just like a no, fiction no, book no no it was real life experience yeah so like hers and also colleen's were like about real life experiences so why yeah. is it that their real life experiences has been criticized and the way that because they in a sense it? where like i get what you're trying to say but have they written it in a way which they have actually experienced it or have they written it in a sense where their audience will experience it because that's a lot of people saying what Rupi's work was like that oh everyone understands it because everyone can understand those bad things happening but Mm. have you written it from your space because then it does do quite a disservice to people who have experienced that abuse or something like that and I don't know it seems it's not like gatekeeping I don't have to describe it but once I heard the argument about Rupi's work I kind of like correlated to, to, to to um to Kaneen's work just because like of how it just seemed a bit too simple but I feel like there's beauty in that as well like when things are really simple I feel like certain people can empathize like I feel like with this I feel like the reading age would be much more um like younger like 14 15 I think or like 16 because right now when I read it reread it I felt like um it was really fast paced she didn't really go into much detail about Mm -hmm. how um Lily felt Mm. and all that but then the first time I read it I felt like it was beautifully written and it was really like after that it sort of invokes um, everyone to talk about it and sort of be interested about the topic yeah no I actually I'll I'll agree with you there in a sense where like if we're talking about like obviously I'm 19 and if we're talking about like me reading it maybe a 14 year old reading it at 14 I would have absolutely like loved it and be like wow it's a powerful book but yeah but now I yeah but then I I do get that Mm. maybe it is that sort of thing where it's a for a smaller person i agree with you though because i feel like if she wrote for the market then you can see there's some sort of duplicity in the way that she wrote it so she wrote it partially i guess to you know sell her story then also she wrote it also to be sold because you know that's her job and she might have written it in a certain Mm. way like simplification you said it was like very it read like a wattpad book right Mm. so perhaps like that it was able she was able to access oh like the audience that would buy it more yeah like you know younger adults and it's just like the whole thing with like her being abused and obviously like you they gave like she gave like little insects or like how she was feeling and stuff like that but abuse really like changes someone's life like everything that like that happens to them like how they act how they feel like day to day like it's so i feel like it's so much more harder and so much more like challenging than like than she see Lily to be I don't know I get what you mean but I feel like with this book because um when like the author's note it was sort of um Colleen's experience um and I felt like she sort of had this idea that she's sort of Lily writing um from her own experience 
and in that situation i feel like we can't sort of um like box all but um all people's reactions the same way like some people change drastically and you you know that like um with lily her foundations are sort of rock but she said like once you do it again i'm gonna leave but she didn't mm. and i think she did sort of change when um with like her trusting people a bit a bit more um like less but i don't know i feel like with different books like um there's another book called long shot mm, by kennedy ryan by yeah, the way. which yeah. also talks about um entering like a um domestic violence and all that and i feel like with hers it's much more mature and she sort of shows how the person changes with kennedy ryan yeah okay yeah so i feel like both are um domestic violence and i feel like both show different reactions Yes, and I thought it's nice just seeing different people and um, different ways in which they react. That being said, one thing I wanted to do is right. I wanted to read a situation. This is a real life situation, and I wanted you guys to give advice on this situation. This came out a year ago. Like it's, it doesn't update. Like it's sort of the scenario has finished. Where is it? Where's it from? Sorry. Read it. I'm gonna read it. So this is the title. My boyfriend admitted that he forced himself on a woman several years ago. I've been with my boyfriend Jason for a year now. Jason is the first boyfriend I've had who put real effort into truly listening to and understanding me. He can quietly listen as I describe a list of events from start to finish while he only back channels and then in the end expresses nothing but sympathy or helpful commentary. When I'm facing a tough decision, he asks helpful questions which help guide me in the right direction. When I'm in trouble, without a second thought, he's the first person I call. He's a dream come true. My parents love him, my sisters love him, my friends love him. Two nights ago, Jason and I were discussing our first real crushes. It was an innocent enough topic as, being completely devoted to each other, we have grown past any jealousy in our relationship. I went first, talking about a boy I knew in college who broke my heart. When it was his turn, I realised it was a horror story. He called it a dumb misunderstanding. He described stealing a pair of underwear. He called it a drunken mistake. He described pushing up against her and touching her without her consent. He called it one stupid night. She was completely drunk in her bed. He climbed in. He took off her clothes. She was half asleep. He inserted himself inside of her. The way he tells it, it wasn't even sex. It was one person acting on a victim. His retelling of the event ends with her crying and kicking him out, never to talk again. I know he truly regrets it because by the end of the story, he was sobbing. And then he didn't deny a thing and said that, yes, he had raped her, which led him to wanting to improve himself and learn how to respect women. He saw my reaction and asked if I thought he was a romancer. She left. And then she, um, I didn't even pack anything. My sister picked me up and she went to a hotel. Uh, my life had been torn apart because no matter how much I think it's over, I have no desire, no desire to talk to him. What should I do? Okay, so... Okay, so with rape, I don't understand how it's a mistake. Like, I won't lie to you. Like, especially if the other person is drunk and you're sober. That's not even an excuse. But, like, I don't understand how something like that is a mistake. He evidently regrets what he's done I don't know as the person if I could stay with someone like that okay so what is your advice for her I guess my advice I don't know it would be like how comfortable are you having a boyfriend like that I I just don't for me I, I couldn't be comfortable even if like before I was comfortable now I'm not like I couldn't be comfortable with the fact that that someone that I love like is that sort of person I simply couldn't but if she is willing to look past that and he is obviously like sorry then maybe they can have that conversation but it needs to be so concrete when in fact like 
I don't know, just just for me, like, my trust in men is already at a fucking zero. Like, <laughs> I don't know, like, hearing that, that is, like, the biggest red flag that you get up on TV. Mm. I don't know. But that that's just my, that's that's me. But my advice to her would be, would you be able to carry on that relationship? Do you feel comfortable being in that relationship with him? And also, the fact that this came up during, like, a little... Obviously, not the first date you're, gonna, you're not going to, like, just be like, oh, by the way, I raped someone. Mm. But, like... I don't know, when would you even say that? I don't know. And then he did tell her, I guess. Mm. But that's only because the conversation came up. If the conversation didn't come up, would he tell her? Like, I mean, was it just convenience? The conversation was um, their past crashes. He could have actually mentioned anything else. He wasn't really cornered to speak about it necessarily. So he revealed that convers- conversation with someone he trusted and hoped for the best, essentially. Really, it's a year in. I'd feel really betrayed, in my opinion. Like, that's a massive piece of information. You said not the first date, and he there yeah. a year in, right? So when in between that should he have mentioned? I don't know, like, is there a point in relationships where, like, you have, like, talked about massive things? Like, instrumental things that have, like, changed you or something? Like, obviously, like, I'd say maybe, like, a month or two months when you have, like... When you know it's getting serious, if you guys are devoted to each other, like, like it was said in the post... Then maybe you should let that person know, like when you're devoted to them or you love them or whatever, that this is me, this is my past. But like he should like make a concrete like, I don't know, pledge to her. I don't know how she wants to take it that like that's something that he's so 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 ashamed of and he doesn't want to do that. Obviously, he's gonna do that again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In my eyes, it's unforgivable, but it really does depend on. Her. And your opinion, Summer? I thought I was asking what you do. Also, it's like. I feel like I cannot continue that relationship unless you already seek help or you're going through like therapy or something. Because the fact that it's even in your body that you're able to do something like that or even stomach, you know, that doing that. And even if he cried, like, did you go and sort of say, I need help or something? Because there's no way you knew that you thought you were okay to be doing that. And then it's also like, the same way you said like do you feel comfortable with some um, knowing that your partner raped someone it's sort of like um what's called Nicki Minaj like with her um guy and like everyone criticizing him and saying mm. that he's like a predator or whatever mm. yeah and her still staying with him I feel like people can change uh, even though it's um thingy even though it's sort of people tell you not to look at it like that pe- there are cases where people do change for you and maybe it won't happen to you, but at the same time, it's sort of a risk. Mm, it is a risk. All right, I'm going to read the top comment for that um, mm. post, right? Which I think really summarises what advice should be given in that situation. And of course, this is, on, this is from the perspective from the commenter, of course. Mm. I'm a victim of sexual assault, and my rapist got prison time, but it's getting out soon. I'm not oblivious to the fact he may go, may, he may go on to have a normal relationship one day. It's unfortunate because I'm stuck with the PTSD for the rest of my life while he may be able to get out and have everything go back to normal. Some things for you to consider. Is it in the statute of limitations? Could she one day report him? Would he be willing to stay by his side? Has he been in therapy since? Raping a woman from the worst thing you can do to her? Had he actually tried to bet himself so it won't happen again? He admitted to you he raped someone while they were in the most vulnerable states. Can you live with that? He said it was a party. How many people were at that party? No. How do you feel knowing other people know what he did? If you ran into the girl one day, how would you feel knowing you're dating him with the argument he's been good to me still apply i think that was a very good summary of what she should do and the update was that essentially she broke up with him and then before she broke up with him she said 
I, the only way I can ever forgive you and if you really truly feel remorse you have to go and turn yourself in and he responded uh, no because that wouldn't really bring any justice or any help for her yeah. was that for her own conscience though? did she do that so that she feels less guilty of being oh, yeah, I think so. or did she do that for like because um, she felt like she was helping the other person because if you think about it, if he turns himself in, she's sort of airing out the other girl's business. Maybe the other girl didn't want yeah. a lot of people to know. That was one of the comments that were there. Like, even though she, even though most of the commenters were like, yeah, I agree with your decision. Like, you gave him a consequence because he went out with no consequence. He just did that and then went back to having a normal relationship. But also, secondly, the fact that she told him to go report himself doesn't really take into account the fact that the person who was assaulted and is recovering might not necessarily want it to come out even though I guess it brings justice and you know gives him you know some prison time because she feels like he should it doesn't really take into account what the girl wants from it have you guys have any anything else to say about the book um I think my opinions have slightly been skewed just because when I read it I read it in a sense where like it was form like me kind of like how I kind of wanted to read a book about abuse Mm-hmm. But like now looking back, like that's sort of Wattpad esque kind of vibe. It like obviously like Wattpad like you read a lot when you're like smaller, and I think abuse is a thing that we do need to start introducing when you're smaller as well because the amount of times like an older guy would take advantage of like a smaller girl stuff mm-hmm. like that. That sort of vibe is still quite normalised. Mm-hmm. So introducing books like this where we introduce the concept of abuse and in a way where it's not just struck out from the beginning it's developed and that person still has emotions and can still be good sometimes yeah. I think is important yeah I feel like I'd definitely recommend it it's, I feel like it's such a good book for like certain ages and then I feel like there should be um, it should sort of be like as you read more books to do with domestic violence it's sort of more descriptions more everything but I feel like that's like a nice simplistic way of understanding it and I feel like even fact that it's in first person i love it like i feel like it mm. allows you to sort of put yourself in um her position sort of create that intimacy sort of yeah very good like gcc english lit <laughs> point like the fact that it's in first person <laughs> puts you in the person's shoes more yeah very nice okay i've got a bit of a game because i'm trying to make it more interactive in it so i've got a quote from the book you have to guess who said it and then I'm going to ask a question and you have to respond as if you were the character from the book. Okay? And then if it matches up with what I said, then you got it right. If it doesn't, then you got it wrong. <laughs> the quote is, But the last thing you want to do is lose sight of your limit. Please don't let that, allow that to happen. Every incident chips away at your limit. Every time you choose to stay, it makes the next time that much harder to leave. Eventually, you'll lose sight of your limit altogether because you start to think, I've lasted five years. What's five more? Yeah, and it's the mum, it's when she's speaking about her own experience. Yeah, well done, yeah. Sayama. Yeah, I, I didn't know we were doing answers now. I was <laughs> okay, I well, we were sorry. doing a little do we know, do we know. Oh, I'll sorry. Well. <laughs> okay, and the question you have to answer is what lesson have you had to learn again and again? This is all on you, Sayama, since you're in the book. Oh, it's someone said that? No, you have to just answer as if you were um, Lily's mum leave when you can like the first time just leave or um because each time you keep sort of um telling yourself it's okay or sort of feeling yourself um or like letting him tell you or gaslight you even more 
And I feel like her thing is sort of like she wishes she could have left quicker the mm. first time he laid his hands on her. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what I wrote for a lesson she had to learn again and again is that I had to learn that protecting my daughter is my first priority. I didn't enough in my previous marriage because of the abuse, but now I can in her marriage of abuse. Being a protector to make up for the times I failed to be. That's the lesson she had to learn again and again. But, so like, aren't really... both of them right? Yeah, uh, maybe. I think they are. But in this, in this, in this, in this, in this context, <laughs> in my podcast, I am uh, right. Uh, I'm the dictator here. Yeah. Right? Maybe silence is going to edit all our stuff out now. Yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> right. Don't worry about it. Okay. Right, last two questions. How did this book change you, if at all? For me, I feel like it showed me. I feel like before I couldn't understand why people would stay. But then in this situation, I understood each of um, maybe situation. Like even when I was speaking to people, they all said that each time they would have done probably the same thing as Lily and sort of stayed. And I feel like it showed me like how easy it is to sort of um, be in this like endless cycle. Yeah, I, I don't want to be too like negative or something that's fine like, it can be no if it didn't change you but like in a sense where like maybe it's because i've read so much more like gripping abuse stories that are like so like horrific and like like in, in a sense where like the abuse itself but also in like they lead up to it like it's a lot more like malicious like you fall in love with the character before you realize they're horrible and it's just like oh even i the reader have been tricked into this and it's similar with wild but even like a more like extreme extent yeah. um so just because of that, like I felt like it didn't really have that much impact on me because like, I kind of not that knew it was coming, but I was like, okay, cool. It wasn't like instrumental. What do you do to improve the book? Because one thing, one reason why I gave that Reddit post for you to decide on is that if you think about it, if there was a second book or a sequel to this book, Rao would be in the position where he ha- would have to, in a future relationship, reveal to his partner that he, um, you know, was abusive and almost raped Lily. And I think that's a really interesting thing to think about because you, you don't really see any consequence for her. And that's the one thing I realised bothered me. Because when I read Longshot by Kennedy Ryan, I realised he really didn't need a consequence for the things that he did. Because he came away pretty satisfied in the sense that he had a child that he has rights over. And even if he wasn't in an intimate relationship with Lily, he was still in contact with her and still able to have some sort of professional parental relationship with her. So how would you improve the book, in your opinion? more well obviously he should have consequences to his actions and stuff like that like I think that's sort of like that would, I don't know that would make me so paranoid like my abusive ex just having access to my child like that even if it's like every local once um, a month or something like that it would still bother me a lot um but maybe just more in like Lily's head and like how she kind of like fights for it not for for the child but as in like how she copes with it how she like her day by day that's kind of what i wanted to see more of it because that's like i feel like abuse acts on that sort of level it's a day-to-day thing and also just on like a side note i really really dislike the sister Alyssa, massively yeah. because i'm so sure from the beginning she knew because she kept seeing these little, little crypto stuff like oh yeah like oh he doesn't date anyone he's very this he's very that oh i'll be there forever like obviously at the, towards the end when she realized what she's going on her and her husband like said something and you know thing. but i felt like as his sister with that much of a shady like whatnot like past 
she could have put she could have took a bit more responsibility at the beginning to mm. do something about it yeah i think i agree with you in terms of like in the book i think there was one part like the second time when he threw it down the stairs and the sister sort of um she sort of didn't even punish him in any sort of way she just said go and explain your sob story to her and i felt like she tried to excuse his behavior and 100%. sort of make it seem like it was okay yeah and it's that whole thing and i'm not even gonna lie like I don't know. If I knew that my brother was that sort of person, like, okay, one, I don't know if I'd let him run me anyway, but as in, like, you come, him coming to her work, where they both work, and, like, I don't know, it was just too much access that I felt like she she could have really put her foot down. Like, it's not like, it's not like he didn't listen to her and he was, like, used to her. like I feel like at some point, at, at, like, at some level, he actually respected her. So for her to just sit there and be that little flimsy character again, like I felt like, and I don't know whether it's a criticism of her, like whether it's a character thing, whether like it was just another woman, because I feel like that's that's a sort of like the male gaze thing again, where like she just couldn't put her foot down again and it was like really flimsy. I don't know. Yeah, and I I didn't even understand how like you know after like the third thing he did, like after he almost raped her, how she could even still be in contact with him and yeah. sort of be yeah. normal, like as if nothing because happened. Because she said the most about me being there for you, but you being there for her is not to like contacting mm-hmm. your own brother who tried to rape someone. Like that's just like the pinnacle of it. You can't just sit there and just like waffle about this and go that and then still be in contact like that. That must hurt. I, I find that really, really hypocritical. Really like. I thought it would be really cool just if there was like another book but just completely in Ryle's perspective mm. I thought like it would be nice to see his, like his turn of events mm. and sort of mm. see if he's actually crazy or yeah. if um, he's more humanised mm. I don't know like is there a danger in humanising abusers do you know what I mean I think so like yes um okay so did you guys uh, watch 13 reasons why yeah yeah okay so you know how like the first um season how that guy rapes um, all those girls yeah and then I think the second or third season is all about him and his part mm. I feel like they humanized him to the point where people like I felt so sad for him and then you forget all about his victims yeah 100%. and you just focus on him as like being this perfect this perfect person with just little imperfections. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah, I agree with that. Like, I feel like abusers, when they get humanized, obviously they are still human, and they ever explain. You know, it like explains it, but it doesn't excuse it at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a lot of things like mental illnesses and maybe like abuse growing up and all that. Like, even the fact that that happens to Ryle, like, okay, cool, that explains it. Explains quite a lot actually, but it does not excuse it at all. Yeah. It should never be used as an excuse, and I feel, I feel like that's where the whole like um uh humanizing thing comes from it's like oh but 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 and then your empathy grows and you really like and i think also the reason why i think is that 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 happens so we, we we do the but 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 for him when it comes to her you don't see like the legacy that that sort of abuse has has been like put onto you don't see the trauma the lifelong trauma how like every single aspect of her life changes after that yeah. all your interactions with other people especially men like even the way that you treat your child we you might treat your child's partner yeah. everything now changes because of that one person yeah. and you I, yeah i think long shot by kelly ryan did a good job of that like oh, that of um yeah. what's the main character's name again iris iris's reaction and her development i think was definitely pushed more in this book and also one 
big contrast I'd say because I do think that Rao is humanized too much but I'd say that Caleb the abuser in Longshot was almost villainized too much he was like really a monster and I, and I guess and I guess that can be realistic and that is that is occurring in the world somewhere but I feel like he you really skewed him to one end of him being like this monster and I guess at the beginning he was very manipulative and you definitely saw that a lot clearer in this book compared to in the end with us but I would have preferred to see some sort of reason like not an excuse but a reason as yeah, to why he was yeah. doing that it felt really inexplicable that's what i mean like i felt like with these stories it would be really cool just to listen like have like alternating um chapters where mm. you listen to the girl's perspective and then the guy's perspective oh yeah yeah it would be good last question all right would you recommend this book yes or no <laughs> your face is no uh. <laughs> your face is no. no like yes if they were like they were a bit younger maybe okay yes if they were a bit younger and they haven't really like delved into that sort of like realm before i think it's a great starter one it's easy to read it's engaging it does the right things yeah and you yeah i agree with her in terms of um, it's a nice um like starter pack if you think about <laughs> starter it, yeah. Pack. okay yeah that's a good point yeah i think i'll do the same i think i used to recommend it to a lot of people all the time now i'm like let me ask them what they like first because it might not necessarily be their first book about abuse or about these certain themes because i had this assumption in my brain sometimes especially with girls who i assume don't really read that they first started off on wattpad and then from there i should just give them this book because it's a good way to um segue into more gripping and harder themes in books yeah, I agree with you in terms of like with long shot I felt like it's so like it was so graphic compared to it ends oh, with yeah. us. It was like, graphic in the abuse. Yeah, like we actually felt like each thing he did was so descriptive. Whereas mm. with um with it ends with us, sometimes I felt like you know um, the part the third um abuse he did, I was confused whether he raped her or not because yeah. it was a bit like she didn't really go into the action that much. I felt like it was skipped yeah. skimmed through. Like with stuff like that, like I'm, I always get so confused. I don't know whether that's the author's intention mm. or is a failure, like a criticism of the author. Because yeah. is it that it's so like quick and we don't understand it? Like is that mirroring her like mind where it happens so quick she don't understand it? Like mm. it was all like a blur for her. Maybe like that thing with trauma, where you don't actually properly understand what's happening to you when it actually happens to you. And you can't relate it properly. Or is it like you're saying the author just can't isn't describing it properly, so it can't relate it back to us? With with certain authors like you you don't know whether it's it's actually it's actually supposed to happen or not yeah and i thought it's nice for little kids like it's nice for 13 14 year olds when it's not that descriptive like we're not trying to traumatize you but yeah it's meant to make you question things Hmm. earlier yeah this is the last bit of the book right you're just going to read the last bit of the book and that's how we're going to end it's the bit that begins with cycles Cycles exist because they are excruciating to break. It takes an astronomical amount of pain and courage to disrupt a familiar pattern. Sometimes it seems easier to just keep to just keep running in the same familiar circles rather than facing the fear of jumping and possibly not landing on your feet. My mother went through it. I went through it. I'll be damned if I allow my daughter to go through it. I kiss her on the forehead and make a promise. It stops here. With me and you, it ends with us. Yay! Yay! Yay. 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 Bye!